like to be prepared and bring a good word that will touch the body. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. It says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening. Look at your neighbor and say, Listen. Listen big time. Suddenly, there was a great, say suddenly. Come on, say suddenly. Yeah. There's some of you going to get your suddenlies tonight. There was a, earth, a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately, say immediately, all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Would you lift your right hand with me? Father, we are grateful for this time for you to speak to us. Father, we are asking... Your word is already anointed, but we're asking to touch your servant. God, let him, let him relay what you have placed on his heart. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. You can be seated. Uh, if I were to use a sermon title tonight, what I let me back up a, just a second. When I when I told you my sister called me today, uh, she said, "How was service last night?" And I said, "It was great. the The Lord was there, so rich and thick, and I believe that God God touched His people. Amen." And um, and she said, "Well, I just wondered." Melissa, her daughter, called her and said, "Mom, how did?" Uh, how did Uncle's uh, revival start off last night? Well, I don't know, but I'll call and find out. She, the Lord spoke to her, my, my niece, Melissa, and said that tonight um, the fire was going to fall. And she was reluctant to, to call me and tell me that. I don't know why. I've never beat her up for that, you know. Never blacked her eye for calling and saying what the Lord. Uh, you know, when people say the Lord said, you just have to take them at face value and and believe that that's what the Lord said. Amen. So, um, I, if I were to use a topic tonight, is that we, the church, cannot stay silent. Now, our our home church is very exuberant. We have a few crazies in there. Some that's not counting off all eight cylinders that are exuberant in their worship, but it comes from their heart. Our church is noisy we have multiple families every weekend even on Wednesday nights is our our Bible study night but every service we have new people come in sometimes we have five six new families show up at once and our pastor will tell them now look we're a wild bunch we, we like to clap, we like to shout amen, we like to shout hallelujah, somebody may speak in tongues, because we are Pentecostal people, and the sign out says, Pentecostal. So, you come in here, I just want to let you know what to expect. And you know what? They come back. After the pandemic, we lost about three or four hundred people in our church because 
some, for whatever reason, decided it was a time for them to depart. And some of them, we don't know what happened to them because they either changed their phone so nobody could get a hold of them or whatever the deal was. But I, I want you to understand, Pastor, it did not make our church any more quiet. I've, uh, I've been in some churches that if God himself would have shown up, they wouldn't have been moved. If Holy Spirit tapped them on the shoulder and said, I want to do something for you tonight, they wouldn't know it or they wouldn't accept it. Well, Pastor, I'm just, I'm more laid back and I'm just, uh, you know, I'm kind of quiet and, and I'm kind of an inward person, liar, lie, lie, lie. Donna and I are great football fans. I don't know how it ever happened, but we don't miss football when football season's around. And, and our team is the Colts. Then the Chiefs, we may, we may change from Chiefs to Colts unless they get their act together this year. But I get pretty excitable. But Donna, she just blows it out. Come on! Just her and I in the uh, living room. She shouts. She screams. We went to uh, a Chiefs game in uh, January 1st when it was kind of cool out. And she would stand up and say, run, run, run. Now, nobody there knew us except our family. She didn't care who knew us. She was excited about where we were at and what we were doing. She loves to watch the football games. Even to the point, I forget what game we were watching. She said, oh, I can't watch it anymore. She got up and went to the bedroom and we won. Our team won. I said, you missed it. It was a great play. People have been lullabied to sleep in the church house. It is appropriate. Look, it doesn't matter if you're Baptocostal or you're Baptist or Lutheran. There's dozens out there. It doesn't matter what you want to hang over your heart. The Bible declares that let everything that has breath. We can praise him in the dance. We praise him in the shout. We praise him by bowing to the king of kings. We, we praise Him by what the old timers used to call shout. Now, I'm hoping Mama cut a rug before we go home. And then I'll, I'll point it out and say, that's shouting. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. That means to open our voice, open our mouth. One time, my daddy started a new work in Pekin, Illinois. And at one time, I think I was around 12, 13 years old. Mom was playing the piano. I was playing drums. And Kirk, I think Kirk was with you all. And uh, Mom, uh, it come time for prayer. And I just knelt. I put my drums down. And I just knelt at the chair that was by me. And I was really just kind of thinking in my, in my heart, Lord, what are we going to eat after I am so hungry. I wasn't moving my lips. 
I wasn't doing anything but thinking kind of carnal. I know y'all are saints here and you've never done that. I believe it was after church, mother come to me and said, when we kneel to pray, you need to pray. And I lied and said, mother, I was praying. I was praying in my heart. Now, I let her whip me for that because she used to whip me for lying. And I learned just to go and tell the truth. But I didn't tell her that. We feel like we've learned a better way. We feel like all of that is not necessary anymore. Listen, if it was good enough for Paul and Silas in way back there in 2023, it's still good for me when I'm facing my own problems and my own situations. Do you know why some of you are still where you are? You've allowed the enemy to take your song. He's shut your mouth. He's taken the song away from you. I got news for you. There's no devil in hell that's greater than my God that gives me the song to sing. As long as there is breath in these two lungs, I'm going to sing, I'm going to preach, I'm going to shout, because that's the way I want to do it. We've learned better. We don't have to be undignified. Pastor, they used to call us holy rollers. Not no more. I've never been called a holy roller in the past 25 years. I've ha I haven't been called a holy roller. We used to sing a song. We've got the power in the name of Jesus. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. Though Satan rages, we will not be defeated. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. Now listen, the Bible declares that, that we do have the power. Jesus said, Greater works will you do because I'm leaving here and going to a place and going to my father's and then he's going to send another, the Holy Ghost, that will fight for you. Now listen, we had to quit singing. We've got the power. We've stayed silent way too long. This is a story that I've preached numerous times from, different topics. But I just want to look at a few things and to see if God would speak something to us. You know, I'm amazed at the corruption that is in our society. If there's anything I can't stand is to go to a nice restaurant or to Dairy Queen and hear somebody in the background drop the F-bomb. And, and I'm not talking about friendly. Grown men, grown women. I always just want to turn around and say, do you kiss your mother with that mouth? The society that we live in today. Now, now let me tell you something. There was a time Christians would turn around and say, look, we're here with our children and would appreciate you not speak that way. 
They might get mad and punch you in the throat. They, they might just say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was. But we've just let it slide by. When will we stand and be the voice of God and say that's not presentable? That's not. When will we once again come in through the, the house of the Lord and let the Holy Ghost move on us and give a message in tongues and then there be a true interpretation? I can tell you why. Because there have been so many flaky stuff. There's been so much fakery. Is that a word? There's been so much baloney that goes on in the church until people Real people that know the voice of God, they're sick of it. I believe that there's a remnant of people in 2023 that really, really wants to hear God speak to us in a corporate setting and give a word for the body of Christ. Well, pastor, that's really not necessary these days. We can dial 900 word and Bishop Mosquito can give me a word. Anybody remember Dion Warwick? Come on, y'all kind of tight tonight. You remember Dion Warwick? You could you could call her psychic network and get a get a uh, a reading and people take it for the gospel. Christian people but those same people will spend hundreds of dollars to get a reading but won't give a dime in their offering. All right, Lord, you're going to have to help me roll this one all the way up the hill because I think it's going to be that way tonight. Listen, I don't need you to say amen. I'm going to preach what God's got me on my heart. I would rather you say oh my or ouch or amen. See, here we are. We're silent. Well, that's, that's a good word. I want to tell you, it's time for God's people to get excited about this thing that we have. Do you realize that one day we will walk the streets of gold. How many likes gold? I love gold. He, he paved the roads with gold. And the, the walls are what? Jasper? I'm going to live in a mansion. Yes, sir. I may not never live on, on one down here. I've been in some, and they are incredible. I'm thinking to myself, man, they need 20 staff members just to keep up the place. But one day, if I fulfill my commission... And I live my life that is pleasing to God. I want to tell you that God is not pleased with the quiet church. God, you know what? You know what praise is? Praise is when you build somebody up. Praise is to make somebody feel better. If, if you come to me tonight after church and Say, Pastor, you look like Cary Grant. Hey, thank you. You've built me up. 
Who knows, maybe I'm feeling bad about myself tonight. But that one word of encouragement, that little bit of praise could just set me up. God is the same way. God loves to be praised. He loves for us to tell Him how good He is. He loves for us to tell Him, Oh God, I can't live a day without You. I'm here to tell you, I don't want to... I want God in His fullness in my life because I don't want to go to Walmart without God. We've been silent too long. You see, what was happening to Paul and Silas in those days, does it sound familiar today? Now, I know I keep saying pandemic. I know that there was a real sickness, a serious sickness. I dealt with it a couple times myself. But if you don't know it, our government was trying to silence the church. They, it was a test run. To see how far we would let them tell us what to do in the land of the free, the good old USA. Where the Constitution gives us rights to be able to speak our mind, whether it's positive or negative. They done their very best. And now all this wokeness going on makes me sick. To where you can't even say anything to anybody without offending their poor little pea-picking heart. And then you get sued. The church has allowed this. (laughs) Men and women of God has been put in prison for opening church doors. One of my friends uh, in Pittsburgh, got threatened. He just started a brand new church, and the magistrate, whatever they call him there, the governor, the mayor, said, if you open those doors, you're going to jail. He said, I will be at the church at 6.45 Sunday morning, and at 10 o'clock, we are starting church. So send as many policemen as you need to take care of little old me. He's about this tall. And he opened. He had a house full. First day. The policeman showed up the next Sunday. Now, brother, if you open the doors one more time, we're going to haul you in because you are not listening. He said, at 10 o'clock, church starts on Sunday morning. Bring you and yourself and however many more you think you need to take me because I will be opening the church and declaring the word of God. They never showed up. Big talkers. Trying to intimidate preachers. We're living in a day that if if you get if you say something behind the pulpit, you could get sued. Um, they don't want you to preach about the blood anymore because that's too gruesome. We don't want you to preach about hell because we don't believe in it. We really don't believe in heaven and we believe in Christianity because we're all Christians. We're all God's children. One thing that I liked about Paul and Silas is that you could not silence them for the situation that they were in, that God had brought them through there before. That was not the first time they'd been in prison. 
And in this time, the jailer received such a, uh, a demand that he put them way down in the ground in the deep part of the prison because that, it was serious. They said, if they get out, then it's going to be your head. So, you know, Paul and Silas, they was just like, okay, we've been here before. I've been in jail one time, and I found out it really wasn't that bad. It was over speeding. I've never been put there for preaching. Paul and Silas had been brought through too many times and through many things that they knew that this wasn't the end for them. They knew that God was going to see them through. They knew what they had to do to get out of there. And that was to praise and sing unto God. Now, Dad always said that God was such a big God that his foot was, uh, or the earth was his footstool. And he said that Paul and Silas would get to singing some good old Goodman song, and, and he got to tapping his feet and caused the earthquake. Now, I can't see that in here, but it sounds plausible. Could happen. They knew that God would not fail them. They could have stayed silent and bought by all natural causes for what they had been through, I know that they didn't feel like singing and praising God. Anybody ever been there? In 2009, April 27th at 4 o'clock in the morning, I begged God to let me die. When I come home from the hospital... I like to have lost my mind because the enemy said all these things to me that I knew was not the word of God and what the will of God was for my life. And I would cover my head up and ask God, God, just let me die. I'm not worth anything anymore. I didn't feel like praising him. I, I love to dance before the Lord. I didn't feel like dancing before the Lord. At that moment, in that season of my life, I lost my song. I used to go home, had the piano there. I would go sit down and I'd play some worship songs and sing unto God. Because that's what I do. I got to a point I couldn't even look at the piano. I didn't feel like praising God. I didn't feel like singing praises unto Him. But aren't you glad we're not driven by our feelings? Listen, if we go by our feelings, we'd have quit a long, long time ago. But God created a human race. That's what you were created for. For no other reason but to bring praises to him. He's kind of jealous that way. He likes for his children to praise him. He likes to be honored when honor is due, which is 24-7. He likes for his children to whatever they're going through to say, God... No matter what comes my way, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to praise you. Oh, I may feel down and out sometimes, but I'm not going to give up on you. And you know what? It's in you. It's in you. Sometimes you just got to reach real uh, way down far and, and dig it out by your boots. But he's worthy of all of our praise. Worship and praise is not just something that we do on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night. 
It's not something that we do. It's a lifestyle. My, my grandmother, uh, Wolf, when she would come to visit us, and I remember as kids, she would be in the kitchen, and she would be singing some song. I, I wouldn't even know what it is, but she'd be singing songs. She had a song in her heart, always. She'd be helping mom camp, and she was singing, Glory to his name. Glory to his name. And if she wasn't singing, she was saying, God, I pray for my family. Lord, I know that you can bring them out. Lord, I know that you can save my children. God, I know they've not gone too far. You see, what has happened in the past years, the devil tried to shut us up. Do you know right now he's trying to take out an entire generation? When I was in school, I know that's been a long time ago. Long time. We didn't have the junk In 1988, I began my personal ministry, and, and I started uh, by uh, being a youth pastor. And I thought, well, this ain't no big deal. I'm still pretty young myself. Ain't nothing they're going through that I ain't seen. And did you know, pastor? I mean, they were going through things I never dreamed that anyone would ever have to go through. And I'm, I'm saying, God, what's the deal? Why such an attack on our youth today? Why is there such an attack on the children that are, are saved and come to church with their mother and father every Sunday and Wednesday? Every revival night, why are they being so attacked? And he was doing his best to snuff out a generation. And then, now I look at today, and I say, God, thank you that I graduated from youth ministry. Because I don't know. I don't know. If you're pastoring for the past 10 years, ministry has changed in the past 10 years. Church folk have bought a, a bill of goods that think, well, it's all right to do this. It's all right to do that. They want to see how, instead of seeing how close they can get to heaven, they want to see how close they can get to hell. Now listen, if you're here under the sound of my voice tonight and you don't believe there's a hell, I'm telling you with my hand up, as long as I am standing here, as God my witness, there is a hell. There's a hell to shun and there's a heaven to gain. But you know what? It's your choice. God was such a good God. He made us to be free will agents. That we could pick or choose. Whether we go to hell. I, I've had people say, now why did God send them to hell? God doesn't send anybody to hell. Let me just fix that for you. God has good for everyone. Every person, on every humanity, everybody that lives on the face of this earth are God's kids. He created them in His image. Red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious. It's our choice whether we go to heaven. And I want to tell you, I've been through enough hell on this earth. Listen, and, and we don't even know the half of it. The church is silent. 
1962, the Supreme Court held that the Establishment Clause prohibited the recitation of school-sponsored prayer in our public schools. 1962. And they have a map, a graph, where the decline from 1962. Are you here with me tonight? Amen. Do you need to stand up a minute? You need to get blood flowing to all the good parts? Since 1962, the decline in the United States of America to where it is today. Mom, do you remember the statistics that we saw when they was talking about babies being born? Remember the day we was watching the news about uh, Roe versus Wade? Man, they, they showed back, you know, like in the 50s where the, the peak of uh, families having four, five, six kids. And then, and then now we're down to the, the average, I think, was one, wasn't it, Mom, or two? I think it was just one child. I heard my dad say, I didn't personally, but I've heard him tell that the church sat idly by and said that it never happened. We're a Christian nation. But what happened was the church was silent. They didn't go to the Supreme Court. They didn't get out and pray on the court steps. They didn't say anything. The Supreme Court's ruling in Roe versus Wade on January 22, 1973 decriminalized abortions nationwide. It protected the right to access abortion legally all across the country and freed many patients to access the care they needed when they needed it. So they thought, without fear. I can't imagine. And But right before church started, I was looking and trying to, to see. It's in the billions, billions of little innocent babies' lives being snatched away in God's creation. I know some of those circumstances weren't pleasant. But where did it give us the right to take a human life? Oh, there's a few I'd like to take, but they're not babies. Are you hearing me? They're innocent. You know what? You can go to New York today. Up until and birth that baby. And if you look at that baby and say, Yeah, I don't want that, they will destroy that baby outside the mother's womb. Where's the church? Regardless of what happens in our life today, we must praise God. Listen, I, I know we're all human, and, and I realize that more and more every day. I realize more and more every day that I need God more and more than I ever had in my life. But listen, when you, when you pull up into Walmart and somebody takes your parking spot, it, it, there's no need for you to point them to heaven with the wrong finger.
Anybody ever had your parking lot stolen when you're sitting there waiting for 10 minutes and somebody whoop in and get it? And you just... When somebody cut you off in traffic and you chase them down screaming and yelling at them? Today we call that road rage. In Indianapolis, we have nearly every day shootings going around 465 because of road rage. Every day. We don't lose our salvation over things in this life when it doesn't go our way. I remember when I was young and I was trying my best to live for God. Dad was a pastor and, you know, in public school, PKs get, it's rough. And it seemed like every Sunday I was my dad's first convert at the altar. And I really wanted to live for him. But we don't lose our salvation over petty things. We don't lose our salvation over anything. I don't care how tough it gets. You put a smile on your face and say, God, I'm going to serve you in spite of the devil to which I'm going to punch in the throat. Listen, the devil should have killed me when he had the chance. I've made him so mad. He should have done it. He's tried many, many times. But I keep bouncing back. And this time, it's for good. I've got a mandate and a ministry to do that God has called me to do. I don't care who says I'm not ready. If my wife wants to go to hell, she has to do it without me. If my kids want to go to hell, they have to do it without me. I've been through it. I've been through too much to know that he'll be enough for me. I don't care. I don't care how bad it gets. I know that he can take care of me. Paul and Silas was just like Timex. They took a licking and kept on ticking. Scripture says that you may be sons of your fathers in heaven for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. When I was young, I always thought that I was in trouble all the time with God and that he was mad at me and he was standing on the edge of heaven with a two by four ready to break it over my head because I didn't do right. It rains on the just and the unjust. It rains on the saved and it rains on the unsaved. The church can no longer sit on our hands and be quiet or silenced about our society or our government. Listen, we have had the privilege over all these what, 100 years or so, 200 years, our, our country was founded on our forefathers and God. They prayed when it was time to make a decision, and I'm closing. Come help me close. When they needed to make a decision, they fell on their face before God and asked God, what do we need to do? Our government today is saying, what can we do to keep God out of our United States? 
are doing everything they can to destroy the goodness of God and everything good in this world. Remember the Bible said that there will come a day that we will call good evil and evil good. We're there. I believe we should be involved in government. If you've been called to preach, then you need to preach. Hear me. If you've been called to pastor, don't go on voices, the voice, and and win the thing and quit pastoring. If he's called you to preach, then preach. If he's called you to teach us Sunday school, then teach us Sunday school. Well, I've never done it before. There's libraries. You can go to the library and and there's books that will tell you how to be the best Sunday school teacher there is. Don't be an idiot all your life. And I say that with love. Think Forrest Gump said, stupid is, stupid does. I have determined in my heart that I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I shall not die and declare, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has revealed our righteousness. Come and let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord, our God. When the church decides come hell, or high water, we will serve him. When the pastor doesn't shake your hand at the end of Sunday morning, don't get tore up about that. He didn't even shake my hand. I'm not going back. Hey, I've heard them all. If I don't get to vote on that carpet, I'm not going to put any money on it. Well, go to hell in rebellion. Pastor didn't ask me to sing my special. I know the church down the road will let me. They'll call me. Go! Look, God knew what he was doing when he had me pastor only 10 years. Because I I loved it. It was kind of cool to get to be in one spot for a long time to see how well they've grown or didn't grow. And when they didn't grow, then I had to be stern. In love. I know you're saying... Well, when you say in love, could you smile? I I had a a man call me at 6 o'clock in the morning on Monday morning. I preached my guts out. And he told me, he said, "I, I want you to know that I just don't like you being gone. This was one time in 10 years, I think, that I went to preach for another church. I preached my guts out all day Sunday. And Monday morning, I was in bed, 6 o'clock, I hate to see in the morning. And he had the audacity 
to call me at 6 in the morning. And when I saw who it was, I was like, oh, Lord. And, and he commenced chewing me out. He didn't have the guts to do it face to face, which was probably a good thing. Because I'm not sanctified so well all the time. Anybody here ever been punched in the throat? Have you? <laughs> this is just a new thing for me. I like it. Uh, I've been punched in. Good. <laughs> and Pastor, I loved him and his family. They were good to me. Every other Sunday or two, he'd bring me a Cadillac to drive. Here, it's, got, it's a full tank of gas. Drive it. He'd go buy another one, clean it up. He was selling them. Here, here's another one. Give me the keys to that. I always left him with an empty tank. And, but he, I loved the family. But after he got through chewing, I said, brother, I'm telling you right now, you need to find another place to worship because this don't cut it with me. I'm not a yes man. I'm a God's man. Not you or anyone else is going to tell me what I need to do or what you don't like. Move it on down the road. I hung up. But when the church decides to grow up and regardless of what comes your way, I'm going to stand with my pastor. Thank you for those three amens. I'm going to believe in him because he is God's man for the hour. Do you know what we get in trouble doing sometimes? Some busybody in church, and I don't, there's none here I know because this is a sanctified church. But some busybody will say, hey, what do you think about pastor's messages? I thought it was kind of dry. I didn't get nothing out of it. Well, you know, I was kind of feeling that way too. I thought he was a little off today. And the next thing you know, Billy Blabbermouth has got it, it called every church member and said, we believe, we've talked to some, and we believe we need to vote on pastor. See if we need a new one. Listen, it happens every day in the church world. That's not, you know what? I, I, I'm friends with a guy from the Church of God out of Cleveland, Tennessee. And I don't even know how I got hooked up with this nutcase because... He is always bad-mouthing Tim Hill. My friend. Just bad-mouthing him all the time. I said, brother, this week I told him, you're a busybody and you need to find something to pass your time. Well, maybe I do. No, I'm telling you. There ain't no maybe about it. You're not supposed to talk about leadership. Pastor, you can give me that $100 bill when we go to eat, okay? You've got the best pastors this side of glory. He didn't ask me to say that. I, I want to tell you something. When I found out that pastor was going to become pastor here, I was like, I never dreamed it. I don't know why. His father's one of the best preachers. 
this side of heaven? I'm telling you, you're going to be hearing more out of him. In Jesus' name. I said you're going to be hearing more out of him in Jesus' name. I don't know why God is on my heart. Because it hurts. I wanted everybody to be smiling tonight and dancing and throwing babies in the hair in the air and bobby pins flying everywhere. Oh, that's what I wanted. We can't be silent anymore. From this day forward, I want you to wake up and get on the side of your bed and say, Devil, ooh, right in the throat. And tell him, I'm punching you right in the throat. You're not going to have my day. You're not going to have my mind today. I'm going to live for God. If I slip and fail, I'm going to pick myself up. And I'm going to live for him. He's my master and my savior. But it's going to take a commitment from you. Everyone. Out of you. They can't make you. You don't want them to make you because then you would be resentful. You want to make that choice yourself and say, God, I will serve you until I draw my last breath. And I'm going to be loud and proud. Don't stay silent. I want you to stand here tonight if you're able. Last night I quoted the scripture. If my people, which are called by my name. Did, did you know that the sinners, they could care less what's going on in here? You, you don't hear them bad-mouthing your pastor. Matter of fact, from what I know, He's a well-respected man in the community. That is a lot to be thankful for. I don't know why it's shifted this way, but you need to guard your pastors and guard their children. If you hear even a hint out in the, the city that they're talking about that, man, you better get the holy boldness and go get in their face and say, you're lying, you need to shut up. Now, you might get punched. It only hurts for a little while. I went to a preacher at convention and I was hearing his conversation I was eavesdropping without nobody knowing I was kind of him and about three or four other preachers were standing around bad mouthing another preacher I knew that preacher and what he was saying was a bold faced lie I told you you want confrontation Meet me. When he got through lying, I said, Brother, can I talk to you just a minute? 
I told him, I said, you're going to stand before God on judgment day. And the blood of his life is on your hand. You've stood there for the past 15 minutes and lied. Can we just gather to the front tonight? If you're physically able, come. If there's anybody that don't know Christ as your Savior, I want you to come anyway. And we'll help you pray through to salvation, and then we'll be in the family together. I know you all love your pastors. Everything I've seen from over the past few years that I've been able to, I know you guys love them. There's no doubt in my heart that you're thankful every day for them. And, and when you have a good shepherd and he's taking care of you and feeding you, then you got a good thing. I don't want to make you guys uncomfortable, but I, I would like for you to come in the center here. And the church body, I just feel like that we need to pray and lay hands on you. Because pastor things are not going to be normal from here on out. God is going to mess your plans up. And, and I, know, I know you're okay with that because I've seen it. You wanted to go one direction and God began to move. Do you know you don't hardly see that in churches today? They've got it scheduled out. This is what we're going to do. No time for God. Makes me want to puke. This is all about Him. We said, Jesus, we love you because of him, not because of him. We... And, and I'm just going to say this because I know you're not here, but I want to make it out loud. Okay. All in love. With the spirit of love. Disrespected these pastors, if you have hurt these pastors knowingly, you need to go to them. And say, Pastor, I did this and I need you to forgive me. I love you. I'm sorry. It's not that hard to do. But what it does, it opens up a blessing to you because of your obedience to what the Word says. And if you're not here, it wasn't for you. Say, ha it wasn't me. Look, they've said nothing, absolutely nothing to me. I just feel in my spirit what I, I got to do. And so, while the psalmist plays, I'm going to give you about one minute. Look, we're family. Did you know that I've had to go to my mother and say, Mother, I'm sorry. And I'm glad she's still around that I can do that. 84 years old for the past six months has taken care of me every day. Drove out to my house with her own gas. Come out and take care of me.
my siblings were real tight. But sometimes somebody would get messed up. And they'll say things, I hate you. And then the next thing you know, they're hugging each other's neck. And, I mean, they're going to fist to fist and punching each other in the throat. And next thing you know, they're hugging necks and saying, I'm sorry. So while he plays, If you feel like you need to go to your pastors, I'm telling you, this is good house cleaning. If, if there has been something, if something's been said, you or that thing could be the very thing from that's stunning the growth of this church. your hands to God and say, Lord, if I've done anything that has not been pleasing to you, show it to me. Let me fix it now. Now let him speak to you. 